Hey everybody, this is Christian of Collective Podcast. Of course it's of Collective Podcast. That's what you're listening to, Collective Podcast, but I'm here. I'm all alone. I gave Jerry the uh, the week off to uh, get things together for Christmas and New Year's and whatnot. We'll all be celebrating New Year's at Jerry's house. Going to ring in the New Year, Jerry Square. I'm going to put all the podcasting equipment away. We're going to have a great time. But here we are to another episode of Collective Podcast, episode 20. Like I said, it's just me. And um, so today, there's no guests. And as an extra treat, you're not going to hear me talk for an hour about a topic. Um, We're doing a podcast, Best of 2018. So what, what does that entail? So it's a Best of 2018 episode just like those old 90s sitcoms where they had a clip show. This is basically the equivalent of a clip show. So uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, clips from different guests that we had, different topics, and just best of episodes that I feel are, you know, you could show this to anybody and you'll be able to figure out what this podcast is about and get people hooked hooked on it. And as always... Um, Hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, hit that bell so you know exactly uh, when we're uh, dropping episodes. And what and subscribe to the array of uh, podcasting apps that uh, you're listening to us to. Especially uh, you hear the sponsors for Pocket Cast and Anchor. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll hear us 24/7 if you want if you want to. So uh, the first clip that we're going to be dropping is the great, the legendary, the always funny Craig Lloydren. And Craig was on the podcast. He was one of our very first um, string of guests when we converted over to uh, interviews and guests uh, right after we uh, established the podcast, which was early this year. And uh, he's always great. Uh, We definitely want to have him back on. But here's a clip from the Craig Lloydren episode where he's just talking about um, stand-up life, his uh, his uh, Netflix special that's coming out or hopefully comes out soon. Uh, just they just talking about um, different things that we everybody, me and Jerry and him have in common. He he, uh, he makes a funny joke about how me and Jerry look like two 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 um, comedy acts. Well, you'll hear it, but uh, here it is the uh, the clip from Craig Lloydren. Don't you find wheelhouse to be one of those very cringy professional words that everyone uses and you kind of look at them like, this is so like 1985. Right, well, well, 85 was a good year for me, so <laughs> I had hair uh, in 1985 and I smiled and I was happy and I was a teenager and I was skinny and now look at me. <laughs> I'm this bumbling mess before you this evening. Um... Uh, no, the the wheel the word wheelhouse doesn't bother me. It's the words not my in front of it. Yeah, that's the ones. Because as soon as you hear that, you know what you know wheelhouse is coming. Exactly. But you 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 already got like the stank eye with the well. This is not my wheelhouse. You You're like ah. Oh. You could read it through the email. Yeah, and it's I tell you, I've heard that particular expression. It's just a common expression in the biz. But I heard it like four times from like four different people. No lie, in the you know since I've been trying to sell. Uh, my special and I was just like man can someone else use you are right like you, can you use another word you exactly know? what's cut now in the comedy business I'm curious to hear like from bookers cockpit how's that, that? There's a, there's a <laughs> not right my there. cockpit not my cockpit nice. that's the new hashtag for collective five there you go right 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 no <laughs> the cockpit not wheelhouse so I just like saying cockpit for 40 minutes straight periodically <laughs> throughout the rest of this podcast you will hear cockpit that's how it's done so uh when we were uh so, so when it comes to like the comedy world and stuff like that i'm curious to know like what what are some other terms that you hear all the time from like promoters and stuff like that whether it's on a good or bad basis but it still kind of has that cringe effect uh, well you know what new york when you go like to the city guy you know there's this guy you want you want people to be honest with you mm-hmm. and in the city a lot of times most of the guys are honest they might be brutally honest but they're honest with you like you know uh club owners and stuff but that's the way you, you don't learn from people kissing your ass and, and patting you in the back. You know the, oh, the whole you know participation trophy doesn't teach real world life. So, but being told that you know come back in six months because you suck or whatever that right. that's definitely gonna wake you up and and or you get all pissy and you go home and think the guy's a dick or you listen to him because he knows comedy, but not a, not all of them know comedy. Um, 
what, what do I hear? I don't, I don't know. Uh, you, you get a lot of smiles and handshakes, and then you never hear back from people. Like the good sportsmanship stuff. Yeah, but in the city, where I was going with, with the city thing, is the city, sometimes they won't do that. They'll be like, yeah, you just come back in six months. You're not good right. enough. Or a year, or whatever. Or, like, you know, to other people, if they're, if they're looking at that, or... You know, you're not fit for, you know, I don't like, you know, your style of comedy for my club. Even though it's like, what, who's your style of comedy? The, the patrons that are coming in? Because you exactly. don't. Exactly. Because I've had that problem <clears throat> with a few uh, other club owners. Uh, there's one in particular, I'm not going to name him or his club or anything. And we uh, we just got off to a bad start. And uh, not off to a bad start. We got off to a good start. And then uh, a couple months down the road, I made fun of him from the stage and and that was the last time I stepped foot in his club, and that was like 2006. Oh, boy. So 12 years later, I'm still forbidden to touch his <laughs> anything that he has his name on. So it just shows you what, what happens. You know, you got to just be careful. Uh, was there ever a time in, like, the club where you've had to follow somebody that was either really good or really terrible? Both. And Absolutely. Like, and, like, you knew the crowd was, like, really... Not, I don't want to say mad, but really just, like, either exhausted from laughing so much or, like, the guy was terrible or behind d- you where you were just like, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, we had uh, It wasn't just a couple of weeks ago. I had a horrible show. Oh, uh, yeah, with, with a group of really good comics, man. The, the crowd, uh, we were down in Atlantic City, which is a terrible night. The people just over... Some of them were really drunk. It was a hot day. The air wasn't working in the... In the not in the, in the club, in the whole casino. They were having air conditioning issues, like, two weeks ago. And uh, people were just kind of... Just, kind of it, 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 really hard to like you want you, you got them to laugh and then they would stop right away and and uh, some pretty powerful guys went up and they were just eating shit one after the other and then uh, you know I went up and I, I I did I do what I always do I I just go off I'm an animal and I give it 150 percent and oh, I yeah. I kind of semi won them over for it but for what I did I like the, that night especially like the other guys like why like why I was like because I don't know how to do it any other way exactly. like really you know <laughs> but we eventually won them over uh, but you know. Uh, me and like Buddha, and and but all the other guys that were there were, were good comics. It just shit happens. I've I've been in the city now. When I first started comedy, I'm 18 years. This August is 18 years I'm doing stand up. When I first started, I was I'll never forget. I, I I was so afraid of my lousy five minutes. You guys know when you start comedy, oh, yeah. they tell you write five minutes and then you go and you do bringer shows, which means you have to bring three, four, or five people that pay full price to get your five minutes on stage. Then after you do a few bringer shows, you know you do all the open mic nights. And then if you get lucky, you get to a club that likes you and sees your potential, and they start letting you bark for them or sell tickets on the street for stage uh, for stage time. And you go out, and you're that guy on the corner, hey, comedy show tonight, you know? <laughs> on 40 yeah, seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was up on 50th between 8th and 9th. I there you go. Yeah, and, I, and I, I had a lot of fun with it, but I did it for years. I did it for three different clubs, and, and you know, you'd be up to, hey, comedy show. And, you know, you'd make like four or five bucks a ticket. So if you sold uh, eight or ten t- tickets, you made 50 bucks, and you got your stage time. And if you did, if it's two shows, 50/50. yeah, 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 and it, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up there when it, I, I watched the guy go down to like two bucks a ticket to the newbies, I know. and he was just like, hey, you know, you guys, you, you, the old timers, like whoever's doing this, you, you get the old deal, but the new guys are getting less. It's like, wow, that sucks. It's like know? a starving artist. Yeah, because you go out and do two or three shows in a night, you'd run out, you'd sell, you come back in, you do your set, you'd run right back out for the next show. Oh yeah, and you can make if you, you hustle on a good night, you make a hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks. If you're really good, I I probably only made like eighty. I was pretty good, but then once I made enough and I paid my gas and tolls, I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go back and be a comic. I don't want to be this guy on the street. It's like your twenty years of sanitation right. now. <laughs> right, but yeah, I was five minutes, you know, and I'm sitting there. I'm in a New York comedy club. Uh, Buddy Flip used to run uh, an open mic in there. Uh, really funny guy, been around a long time. Great comic. And it wasn't open mic, it was a bringer show. And uh, I was in the back, and my wife was there, and my buddy Lou from my old job was there, and that was it, I had two people, so I threw like another 30 bucks to like fill in the quota of what I was supposed to have to get my stage time. And the comics that went up that night, like that, that I looked on later to realize, like, because what they do is they always pepper in, like I did it for a while after, after I oh, yeah. got more seasoned and doing my thing, I would be the guy getting paid you know, 40 or 50 bucks to go do 10 minutes for this open, you know, the, the, the bring a show or whatever, you know, and, uh, but guy, the first guy that came in, I, I, didn't, I didn't even pay attention, was Mitch Hedberg. Oh, now, if you guys man. know who Mitch Hedberg is, Mitch Hedberg was an amazing comic who died of an overdose, shit, 10 years ago already, probably, he was, the, the guy with like, soup, like the, the guy he talked, he had the no, long I hair, he did he shit is. like Bigfoot, like, Bigfoot, why is every picture of Bigfoot blurry? Maybe the pictures aren't blurry. Maybe Bigfoot's blurry, you know, like that's his, that was his thing, you know. When an escalator broke, breaks, it's just stairs. His pacing's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just stairs. You can still transport yourself. I'm just using the stairs. Like, he used to do shit like that. Like take the letter U out of a word, like soup, you know. And that, that was like, 
hey, Stop. take the letter U out and just, you know. Stop. <laughs> he was that kind of guy. He was just a funny, and he was there. And like my wife and my buddy watched him, and I'm, I'm in the back pacing, reading over my five minutes of notes because they had to be perfect, like, you know. And, and another one um, that they all, everybody got to enjoy that I didn't, although I, I met him a few more times after, was uh, Patrice O'Neill. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I, that's when I started 2001. Those guys already had names for themselves. They were already doing things and stuff. But they would be the guys coming in, like Joe DeVito, who was a couple of years ahead of me, but had a lot more, like, fame. And I, I'm still friendly with Joe. And uh, he's, he's alive. The other two guys are dead. Uh, Joe, Joe takes care of himself. But, you know, just guys that, that like, I came up with, like, guys that came in, Mike Vecchione, they all kind of made names for themselves. And now they're out on TV, and I'm like... I'm sitting in your basement on a Sunday talking right. to you for a podcast. No, <laughs> nothing against you guys, but you know. <laughs> this yeah. is the real fame and glory. Right, 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 right. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. I keep looking at your shirt thinking it's a, a Guns N' Roses shirt, but it's not. It's some random emo band for the last year of War uh, Tour. If, if, if Citizen, great band from Ohio. Yeah, it's Citizen it's, Toledo, Ohio. It's it's a cool shirt, but every time I look at it, I'm, I'm seeing the Guns N' Roses symbol, but oh, nothing yeah, no, else. I, I can see Are it now. Yeah, the, the yellow and the white, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, circles. Yeah. You question my immigration status? I might be, yes. I, where are you from, buddy? Look at you. That, I'm from Ohio. Where yeah. You, uh, Jerry's not wearing a band shirt. Uh, I get very uncomfortable because it's like, what, what's going on? Exactly. What's wrong, Jerry? Uh, Anything else is like completely formal. <laughs> I can wear in his shirt. He's like, what are you dressed for today? <laughs> if you were wearing his shirt, you know, you would look like a... a a big giant baby in like a little tiny shirt and a fat guy in a little coat kind of thing. Yeah. Not saying you're a fat guy, but he's like 12 pounds. Exactly. You guys are... You, you I'm guys are 62. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 15 pounds wet. There you go. Oh, boy. You guys are every like big and skinny uh, comedy duo ever. I was kind of thinking that the other weekend. Laurel and Hardy. And, yeah. Laurel and Hardy. Uh, uh, I love Laurel and Hardy. There you go. So you guys can be a little... Christian, we have influences now for once, right? Yeah. There you go. See? <laughs> yeah. See that? Yeah. <laughs> It was always fun having Craig Lurgeon on the podcast. We hope to have him back in 2019. Uh, He's just a great guest. He just made us laugh for an hour and a half. And you can find that on the, um, in the archives at Caputo Collective uh, YouTube channel, of course, uh, as with all of our episodes. And uh, next, we're going to have an interview with I think our biggest guest of 2018, definitely the most hyped guest and our most interactive, most viewed, lots of people still talk about it and I still try to share it every once in a while when I can, but we had the libertarian candidate for governor of New York, Larry Sharp, and that was one of our best interviews ever. You could tell in my voice when you hear it that I'm super nervous to have him on. Jerry really uh, went the extra mile in getting him and talking to his team. And I hope we will have him back on one day. Um, But here's an excerpt from the uh, episode with Larry Sharp. Everybody, remember the saying, there is no spoon. So, Larry, I was just curious to know, what is one quote in your life that you've always stuck by? There's a lot of them. There really are. Um, but I think w- one of the biggest ones is, is always the Gandhi quote, be the change you want in the world. Right. That's that's a big one for me. Um, but then there's another one that's kind of funny too, which is an odd one from The Matrix. And that is, there is no spoon. <laughs> ah, yes. there you go. Do you remember that one? Uh, right? Yes, 100%. Right? The, the, kid, the kid is bending the spoon. For those of you who don't know who are listening, the kid's bending a spoon. And The Matrix, of course, nothing actually exists, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's all just a facade. So he says, the kid says to uh, Keanu Reeves, the, the, the main character, he says, when bending the spoon, there's one truth you have to always remember. And he goes, what's that? He goes, there is no spoon. <laughs> Very intriguing. Yes, which tells me that, remember something, most of this is a facade. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I wow. like that one too. So there's a couple quotes I like, but those two are good ones. Now, in the follow-up to that, how has that kind of directed you to where you are today? I don't know what that means. Sure. So in terms of like, with, with a quote such as that, like, ah, how has yes. it kind of like influenced you in your yeah, everyday no, life? No, the number one thing if you, is you see that I'm running a campaign that previous libertarians have never run a campaign in New York State like sure. mine, right? New York State, we've had some decent campaigns, all right? Warren Reddick was one that was a very good campaign, but nothing like this. I mean, this is a campaign where literally I've gone to all 62 counties, every one of them. I've raised a half million dollars. 
Um, I have a team that is dozens of people. If I count volunteers, hundreds. So we have people who are doing random sign waves, building signs. We have an infrastructure. I mean, we are doing a lot. This is, I wanted, as I said, to be the change, right, that I want to see in the world. I want libertarians and to be forward, all third parties also, right? Obviously, I'm biased. I'm a libertarian. I want my party to do well. Of course. But I also want all third parties to do well because third parties are the way of making actual change, right? The left-right paradigm simply doesn't work. We just hate each other. Nothing changes. So I want them to realize it's not good enough to just go, I'm going to run for office, then go home. If you're going to step up and say, yeah, if you're going to get up and say, I'm going to run for office, go run for office or don't run. Help someone else. If you're in a position where you can run, please run. If you're not in a position to run, then help someone. Uh, Everyone's in a position to help in some way, shape or form, right? Even if you're struggling, you can at least be a keyboard warrior, right? Someone you can help. Everyone can help in some way. So if you can run, run. If you can't run, help. Hey, with his setup, he's definitely known to be the keyboard warrior. There we go. I like it. So, like, you mentioned third party. So, like, uh, there's a lot of stigma about third parties. Sure. I'm a third party libertarian. There we go. Uh, So, um... I hope I have you vote then. Oh, yeah, definitely. There we go. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Good. All right. See? One point... 1.5 1.5 million more and I win. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. all it takes. So um, I know there's a lot of stigma with that. Oh, you vote for third party, you split in the vote yep. or whatever. Um, I Explain to people why that stigma should not even be – people yeah. shouldn't even be saying it. It's silly for several reasons. Number one, you're not splitting a vote because a lot of people who are coming to third parties are those who don't vote. Right, third party is notorious for bringing on people who weren't going to vote anyway. Right, in New York State, give or take sixty to seventy percent of our population doesn't even bother voting; they don't show up to the polls. So, so ridiculous. Yeah. So how in the world am I splitting a vote when these people weren't going to vote anyway? That's number one. But the second thing is, let's say it's true and you're splitting a vote. I have an idea. How about have a better candidate? How about have a better candidate with better ideas and stop fighting the left-right paradigm of he's more evil than me. And instead, show some people a reason to vote. We're voting for the lesser of two evils, which means we still get evil. And we have people saying, don't do, you know, you have to vote for the lesser of two evils because the other guy's even worse. I have an idea. Get better candidates. If we have a third party, it will make the other two old parties better. Right now, try to find, try to find an actual policy or positive outlook for either party. You can't. Have you seen their ads? Oh my God, their ads are horrible. It's just, this other guy's evil. He's a murderer. You see it all the time. That's all you see. And, and then the, the, actual, the actual policy, the Republican's policy is Cuomo's corrupt. That's his policy. How does that help anybody? Exactly. How does it make anything better, right? And Cuomo's policy is Trump is evil. Trump's not even running for governor. <laughs> yeah, it's such an apples to oranges <laughs> He's not even running for governor. And then how does that help anybody? No one's being helped by anything. But all of a sudden, here comes Larry Sharp. And now we have fear. And what you see, particularly from the right, the right's been worse than the left here because the left is, is winning right now in New York right. State. So they're not that worried. The right's worried that they're going to lose their second-class status and go third-class status. They're worried. So what's the right doing? We have to fight Larry Sharp. How do we fight him? Ah, I have an idea. How about by having a better candidate with better ideas? No way. Too much work. We'll just smear a campaign. We'll just call him a bad guy. What they don't get is that works very well when you only have two parties. Yeah. Smearing does work when you only have two parties. It's true because one of two things happen. People get so disenchanted they don't vote. That's common. As I said, 67% of people don't vote. Or two, they're so afraid of the other guy, they vote for you. So it does work when it's two parties. But when there's three, it doesn't. Because when it's three, when I, when I make one guy evil, is the other guy, maybe he is, maybe the other guy isn't. Uh, it doesn't become the black and white, left and right. So it doesn't work as well. In fact, when you're a third party, the negative campaigning often is more press. So it actually gets people to look you up. Hmm. So people who wouldn't know who I am now know because they're painting me as the bad guy. But painting me as the bad guy, at least they know who I am. You can kind of tell when people are leaning towards your side of things. Their time is more invested into what you're trying to do. Yes. There's Absolutely. always that alternative that, like, let's say if someone's, like, observing something from a Democratic standpoint, Republican standpoint, 30 seconds, it's a lot more shallow and chastised in comparison to an alternative option. Well, you've made a valid point here, and this is the problem. The old parties only know the old ways, and the old ways are 30-second sound bites and pictures. They don't realize how I'm winning people. I'm yeah. winning people with long form. If you've noticed, I'm winning people with things like this. 
right? This is a long, this is a longer form interview where I can speak, we can ask questions, we can talk about things. You saw I did Joe Rogan, I did Dave Smith, I did Dave Rubin, I did Glenn Beck. So I do the long form interviews, right? These guys can't do long form, right? Because they have no policy, they haven't thought anything through. Right? The Republican knows he's not going to win. His policy is a joke anyway. He's not never going to win. He knows that. <laughs> he knew he was never going to win from the beginning. I mean, he started running in April. How do you win or, or May, whenever he started running? How do you win running in May against, against Cuomo? It's impossible, right? No way he, he was going to win, so his policies are, are irrelevant. And Cuomo doesn't have their policies because he's going to win and shut up. That's how he thinks. Yeah. So who cares, right? So they, ca- they can't do long form. But I can. I can talk about how I care about people. I want things to be better. I can talk about actual policies that don't punish, but instead get reward people for good behavior. I can talk about policies where I give people opportunity and they want to come back to the state. I can talk about those details. They can't. So the next clip I'm going to play is one of my favorite stories that's been told at least three times on the podcast. And um, this is from my birthday episode, which is in the archives. And... This is very early in the podcast when we were still doing topic-based episodes and not really having any guests on. This next clip is me talking about um, Jerry's lack of video game skills and the greatest Jerry flub slash achievement slash... I don't even know what, what you would call it, but it's the greatest moment, I think, in Jerry's video game career and i'm using career in quotations jerry has never played a video game in in his life and he flubbed his way to victory and mario party and that's one of the greatest stories i think ever in the history of the podcast also uh we're in the same episode we talk about the avengers so uh because the avengers just came out around the time and we just talked about a little bit of predictions about Avengers 4. And I go on one of the most famous moments of the podcast is my rant. My epic rant on James Cameron. And I think it still holds up to this day as one of... I don't want to say angriest because I'm very calm. But I could have gotten really heated with that discussion. So here it is. Jerry's flub. And my epic rant on James Cameron. My birthday was two days ago, Jerry. Yeah, I don't want to uh, overclap too much on that one. Yeah, I'm... Uh, For the viewers. I'm uh, a thousand three years old. No, I'm... No shit. I, I, I just turned 28. Uh, yeah. Uh, we had a celebration yesterday with my friend Jimmy. We had video game night. Um, now... I'm going to exaggerate this, guys. I just want to say something real quick about Jerry. Who's Jerry, Jerry has never played... Oh, wait. I exaggerate. Jerry barely plays video games. He hasn't played a video game since, like, the N64. Since and, 2002. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. That was the last like, game yeah. I was obsessed with. I threw away my PS2. So, last year... And I wish I had Larry with us, because Larry has can tell the story the best. I'm going to try to... Uh, 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 You're going to out Larry Larry? Yeah, I'm going to try to out Larry Larry. Um, so, Jer- so we played Mario Party. I bought the EverDrive, which has every single, which has the whole catalog of N64 games and some mods and some games that were never released. So we played Mario Party 2. This happened last year, and we had the rematch yesterday. But we played Mario Party 2 last year. And Jerry, he just likes to fuck around or whatever, doesn't... He As was always. like, oh, you know, I'm just going to half-ass play this. So within the last I'm five turns... I'm surprised you're giving me that much credit, yeah. by the way. So the last five turns... This is what Jerry does. This is this is Jerry Random. First round, and I'm sure Larry's going to... I'm sure I'm going to get text from Larry as soon as soon as I mess this up. But I'm going to try the best. It's the round... The fifth round... There are five rounds left in the game. The first round... Jerry landed on a random space. He got a star. Yay me. Then he landed on the question mark. No, was it the qu- No, he landed on the um, the treasure, which is the green uh, uh, chance button or whatever. It's sad how I can't even yeah. help you with your story because I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about these terms. Yeah, and yet you won. 
uh, and he got the genie bottle. So he used the genie bottle to go to uh, Toad to get another star. Who was Toad? You or Nicole? No, Toad. No, the, you, you you don't play Toad. Oh, play Toad. So you go to Toad. <laughs> this this, go, is, this goes to show that this is true. You go to Toad, <coughs> and he gets another star. Then he goes. Then he lands on Boo, the ghost, and he steals another star. That's not the best part about this. This the is best a hero's journey, is, guys. We run it. The game is over with, and Toad is giving out all the all the stars at the end, all the bonus stars. And Jerry gets the um, another star uh, for something else, and he gets another star. So Jerry wins last year out of sheer dumb luck. Very big yeah. emphasis on dumb, by the way. Yeah. Now, yesterday, it looks it looked like Jerry was going to make a repeat performance. For like the first half of <laughs> for it. For like the first 15 and, I, and again, I have no idea yeah. what I'm doing. So, so Jerry, Jerry, so we play Space Zone. If anybody played Mario Party 2, we play Space Zone. So Jerry lands in the center of the, uh, of, of the map, causing a laser to shoot out. And everybody except him is in its crosshairs. Everybody <laughs> loses their coins. Except for Jerry. And then Jerry lands on Toad and gets a star. Then he switches spaces with somebody. Well, I think with Nicole. Yes, and, and she was gets, so mad, by the way. And then he gets another star. And you hear our friend Max in the background laughing. And he's like, yeah, you gotta go, Jerry. Go, Jerry. He's Jerry. And we're all <laughs> I felt like Rudy. Finally, at the end of it, Jerry lost. But it was it was quite the... Quite the a series of events. Oh, uh, series of unfortunate events. <laughs> but uh, we had a great time. What yesterday. that I didn't win again? Oh yeah, but we had a great time yesterday uh, with the video game night. Uh, Jimmy's birthday, my birthday, we're like a day apart. We're it's like my birthday Sunday. every day. Jerry's birthday's every day. Yeah, but speaking of Avengers, speaking of Avengers, Avengers four. Uh, this is according to uh, Kevin Feige. He said, uh, Avengers 4 is likely, likely to be the end of the Avengers movies, as we know it, for now. For now. As in, like, there's gonna be no more... Don't you feel like everything's open-ended with them? No, as in, like, not the movies itself, it means, like, the Avengers brand. As in, like, you won't see, like, Avengers. Right. You'll see the other superheroes, but he, but for this, for, for the time being, it probably won't uh be anymore and i'm trying to pull the article up but it won't it's not cooperating with me um of course uh he's keeping book. it open-ended yeah comic book no but he said something like to the line to, to to the line that's we had a thread of stories with these past 10 years and you're separating it into two separate uh things where it was uh Everything before Avengers 4 and everything after Avengers 4. So, with a lot of contracts coming up and everything. Oh, he's taking his headphones off yeah. for this one. Yeah. It's getting real. Yeah, no, as, um, with everybody's contract coming up, Chris Hemsworth replaced Thor, Chris Evans, Captain America, who has stated that he doesn't want to play Captain America anymore. Not that he doesn't like the character, it's just he's been playing it for 10 years. And he kind of doesn't want to act anymore. He kind of wants to be behind the camera and direct and produce. It's like a grown-up playing the same child, like on a sitcom or something. Oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, Robin Danny Jr., which... Uh, the love I have for that man. <laughs> my, my man guy. crush. My man crush. If they're, if you might have a man crush. Um, I, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, no, he's going to... Uh, Find Christian on Tinder at... No. Robert Downey Jr. No. Um... He's, uh, his contract's up, and, uh, he's open to coming back, but I don't think he's really open to coming back. Um, he, he is the character, Robbie Iron Jr. He is Iron Man. It's definitely safe to say he's the nucleus of making the other characters be who they are. His sarcasm goes a long way in the storyline. If it wasn't for, for the him. one and a half movies that I've saw. If, if it wasn't for him... There would be no Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's very, it's very, um, telling. Well, wasn't he the first, like, wasn't his, like, the 2008 one? Yeah, his was the first. Got it. It was Iron Man and then 
And then after that, everything else came to A whole the new world. Just think, I just turned 28 a, a couple days ago. And last week was the 10th anniversary. So, like, when Iron Man came out, I was 18. Or I just turned 18. Um, so, yeah. So, that's... that's. But, um... I think they're starting all the properties, too, with Marvel. So, they kind of want to take a break from Avengers movies. It's going to go cosmic. So, we're going to be having more space fair movies and stuff. But You, you um, can only be in a glass case of emotion for so long. Yeah, I was in a glass case of emotion. Uh, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, which by the time this comes out, it'll be like a month and a half after. So I don't know why I'm, I'm uh, so laid back. But, but think of that as a proof of concept, though, because if people still don't know about that, that means it hasn't reached two billion yet. Yeah. Well, you can hear my review of the uh, <laughs> Avengers, my brief review of Avengers on Caputo Productions YouTube channel or our website. Which I'll Ooh. promote later, which I which we launched. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Alright, here comes another Avengers uh, uh, article. My uh, James Cameron, who uh, oh, I, James. who I don't like as a as a person, as a human being, just for the things that I hear that he does to his actors and the way he treats people. Mr. Ego himself complains about superhero movies and he wishes that superhero movies would fail just so he can perch up his little you know movies and stuff he goes oh i i wish they would be different so science fiction movies and other ideas can come up and i'm this not gonna lie that's a reflection of me a little bit yeah. to an extent yeah. and i kind of like him now no <laughs> <laughs> and he said something along the lines of like you know, oh, you know, I wish other people would get other ideas and do other things. And I'm going to go on my rant in like two seconds. Uh, this isn't the first time he said something like this, that he's complained about superhero movies. Uh, he is, he's complained about Wonder Woman, which I don't know why you would complain about Wonder Woman, because her movie was one of the best movies in DC. Uh, it made almost a billion. It hit like 800 million, which is really good for... The very first solo female-driven superhero movie. It was definitely remarkable, for sure. Yeah. So he, he complained about Wonder Woman not taking women forward. And that's just weird, because I don't know what he, he means by that. But then he comes out and says, oh, you know, he didn't bring women forward like my characters, like Ripley from Alien and Sarah Connor. My characters that I wrote are better than these people. Gee, you go much? <laughs> I mean, you know, I could go. Jerry's heard me. If only I've known about superhero movies. No, Jerry. Jerry's heard me. I would love to pretend to argue with you. And a lot of people hear me complain about superhero about not superhero about James Cameron. I don't like him because the sheer fact that he sits there and then he bitches and he complains about other people's works. Oh, you know, it's not as good as my work. You haven't made a movie in over ten years. The last movie you made was Avatar, which which is the highest grossing film worldwide, which you cheated. You cheated to get it that Oh, high. yes. I, I know some of the stories. Yeah, you cheated. It cannot be... Uh, Avatar is not the highest grossing... In my mind, is not the highest grossing film. Yeah, there was definitely controversy around that. It's... The Force Awakens is the highest grossing film. Why? Because when you keep re-releasing a movie and extending out uh, theatrical releases, it's very easy to hit $2 billion. A typical movie release... It's called promotion. Yeah, a typical movie release is like two months, maybe two and a half months, depending right. on market and whatever. He kept Titanic out for almost a year in movie theaters. And that was maybe the second movie to hit a billion after Jurassic Park. Right. And then it just keeps making... And they just keeps making money because they keep re-releasing it. They released it for the 10th anniversary, the 20th anniversary. It's like enough already. Then Avatar, he kept it out for almost a year too. But Avatar is a little different. I have to give it a little bit of reprieve because typically movies when they release, they have a dip in the next yeah. week in terms of box office. It kind of plateaued up 
which because oh, because of all like people were looking at it, they're like, oh my god, this is amazing 3D graphics or whatever. It was the first of it, first of its kind to do so. Which is why you see the results of it being yeah, two billion. Two point seven billion. Oh wow. Yeah, and I'm sure he's going to keep releasing it, and it's going to hit three billion, and just it's going to get ridiculous. But as far as I'm concerned, the Force Awakens is the highest grossing uh, box office movie ever because it hit it in its first run. All by itself. No re-releases. Speaks volumes. No extensions. And it's the highest domestic. It beat Avatar. It's the highest worldwide. It beat Avatar. It didn't beat Avatar worldwide. But I'm sure... Whatever. I'm sure when they re-release uh, it. Yeah, I'm sure. But the thing is, is with James Cameron, he he's notorious for mistreating um, actors. For example, uh, I forget which movie it was. Might have been The Abyss. Um... He almost drowned Ed Harris. He was underwater and he was drowning. Talk about bleeding yeah. your blood. Yeah, and he comes up and he goes, if you don't get the F back in there, you're fired. As Ed Harris is choking on water. Of course. He fired his DP, I think it was his DP, on um, Aliens. Because the DP had a different vi different vision of lighting that he wanted. Right. And he got... And and the only reason why the DP didn't get fired was because his whole crew uh, threatened to walk out on him. He's got a hot temper. How you know, old is he now? James Cameron's got to be in the sixties. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's like he's got a he's got a he's got a temper on him. If things don't go his way, you know he's like a child. He's a child. He's a man child. It's a shame when talent just yeah. takes that advantage over you. And for him to complain about, oh, I'm sick of all these sequels, I'm sick of all these movies, I'm sick of all these superhero movies, I want to look him straight in the face and be like, dude, you're not talking about one Avatar sequel, not two Avatar sequels, not three, you're not, not even four. You're talking about making five Avatar sequels. <laughs> and Jerry, I bet I didn't you... I know five. Yeah, I bet you... Five, six, seven years from now, when those five comes out, if they ever, because he keeps pushing them back, we're going to be hearing them complaining about these Marvel movies. DC, oh, well, they're not as good as my movies. My movies actually have, like, social, con social, you know, connotation to them and whatever. And, oh, and look at me, and I'm so great. No. You have two of the highest grossing films. Doesn't make you the greatest filmmaker ever. It's a two-wit wonder for the music industry. You know who the greatest filmmaker is? Steven Spielberg. He's the greatest filmmaker ever. He's hit every genre. He's the jeter of filmmaking. He's hit every genre except superhero movies. And guess what? He's making the superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. For DC. So yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, Spielberg's the greatest filmmaker ever. Not, not you, James Cameron. Get off of your perch. Get off of your perch. Step your... step. Take aside your ego. Twitter fingers turn yeah. to trigger fingers. Yes. Yeah. And just realize that you're not, you're not hot shit. Okay, and until you make another movie, shut up. Yes, Jerry. Trigger fingers. Twitter. What the hell do you say? Trigger fingers do lead to Twitter fingers, or however he said it. But that was my rant. I still stand by that rant today. And since they've announced that they finished production of the Avatar movies, well, we'll see how they hold up, and we see if they make the achievement that he claims that he does. And he claims that they're going to be bigger and better than Star Wars and the Avengers movies. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But before I get into another rant on James Cameron, we're going to go to one of the other early episodes of the podcast, our E3 extravaganza. This was from our E3 episode when we were recapping E3. We had our guest, John Gregorio, our friend, on. And he is a big Nintendo fanboy and just knowledgeable of everything. So in this next clip, we're going to talk about a game that just recently came out that everyone, I'm sure, is playing right now, and that's Super Smash Bros. So we're going to get into in-depth of the announcement, the characters, and just every the hype behind E3 with John Gregorio and Smash Bros. Well, we're going to talk about the big Nintendo reveal, which took up pretty much all of the Nintendo yeah, E3 like 85% event. 85% of the entire uh, Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah, take it away. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. 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 What, um, what was the other one called? It was Smash Bros., then it was Smash Bros. So, Super Smash Bros. for the N64, and then you had Super Smash Bros. Melee, which is like, you know, 
Those yeah, a lot too. of a lot of competitive players like the Holy Grail can't beat it. Like you know, top mm. of you know peak of the series. Um, Brawl came out, Super Smash Bros. Brawl for the Wii, and then you just had the um, so originally titled Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U and the 3DS, mm. and uh, which was cool. You know, it was the first time it was ever uh, portable, and then you know here we are with the Switch, and now we have Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> So um, the big thing about this game is rather than who, the new players who are coming in, it's really about the fact that all characters Previous, ever, yeah, from ever. ever appeared on any Super Smash Brothers game, even if they appeared once or you know, are appearing now in this game. So <laughs> except it's, it's, for it's, Waluigi, <sighs> well, he never appeared. He never. He was always. Well, he like, was a trophy. He was uh, an assist yeah. trophy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, I mean, you got players like, uh, you got Young Link coming back, you got, oh, yes. you know, even Pichu's coming back, oh. I don't know who actually wanted him, um, Snake from Brawl, um, you know, he was uh, Solid Snake, he oh. appeared in Brawl, he's coming back, um, yeah, literally, anybody who was in a Smash Brothers game as a playable character is coming back, and that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, the Avengers too, like and, Go and, and Goku was. and Knuckles. No, yeah, I no, feel like joke. no, I, I feel like if Nintendo ever got into like the movie industry, which I've been hearing that they want to, and I'm like, I gotta. Get well, they already famous are with the, well, Super Mario. They're making well, a movie. On I know. Well, I, I yeah. gotta get famous fast because I gotta make that Zelda movie. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I feel like if they ever had like a cinematic universe. Smash Bros. would be like the Avengers. Yeah. No, well, I mean, if you ever play, you played Smash Brothers Brawl on the Wii. Yeah. So you remember like the uh, single player mission yeah. game, uh, em Subspace Emissary, I think yeah. they called it? That could have been a movie. Yeah, that could have been. Remember all the cutscenes that they oh, had? Oh, yeah. Remember that but the one scene with like the Kirby was like on his like uh, Kirby Air Ride thing? Mm. And he just like flew through that, that whole like gunship and made it, the, made it explode and like all the... Any character that had like a ship in general, like Star Fox on his R wing and Pikmin on his like little rocket ship, they were all like shooting. It was the craziest thing. He, they could have made that a, a movie. He's a character I feel like gets no love, Kirby, because he had like the three Dreamland games, and then oh, he gets, no, he gets a lot of games. I don't yeah. like well, I don't like Kirby yarn. It's like oh uh, yeah, I mean he's, he's had a lot of weird games, yeah. but like he, he, you know, if you take if you trim the fat and like take away a lot of his like yeah. you know one off games, like his. Mainline games are really good. Mm. Um, I mean, wait, wait, nothing gets better than the 64 title. For oh, me, oh, Crystal my Shards. God. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Amazing. A lot of people like uh, um, the one that came out on the Switch recently, uh, Star Allies. Mm. Um, I, I played the demo. I wasn't a fan of it. People said the, the you know play the real the, the full game. It's better than the demo. Mm. But um, I, I, I was a dream, but um, a Dreamland fan. Yeah, I love Crystal Shards just because you can combine oh, powers. Yeah, like that. Well, was so that good. was Dreamland too. Really? When you that started, combine? yeah, Kirby's Dream Land. Really, too. I didn't know. That's I where that started. Yeah, and then sixty-four. Yeah, and fun but... fact: um, the person who created Kirby is the same person who created Smash Brothers. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, Masahiro Sakurai, God tier. Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, no, he he is like probably like the, he is hardcore. Let me tell you something about him. Like Masahiro Sakurai, he is uh, like he made Kirby when he was like nineteen. He's like only like he looks nineteen now. But he's like, <laughs> in his forties. Well, yeah. He was. Um, I heard stories about him that he he you know he's pours his life into these games like mm. making them like you know to the point where he has like health issues like the, the Wii U game oh, he had like yeah. he, Wait, he, he was, was the getting one hand that had cramps the... he had like use like oh. a bald mouse to oh. make the games and everything but he was like showing off like games to like you know people like in the presentation and he had literally three GameCube controllers in front of him and he was playing all three of them with his two hands at the same time God playing, a, playing a yeah <laughs> like I, it was in people who said that watched it said it was insane and uh, so he, he knows what he's doing with uh, game design and I mean he loves you know he loves this series. He loves the franchises that he brings into. He, he makes he, you know, you couldn't find a better fanboy because mm. that, that's what he is. He's, he's a fanboy. That's exactly what this type of game. Needs I feel like you gotta be when it comes to certain. Yeah, things. but so you he have to gets every detail down. Yeah. Like you know, like the history, the behind, like you know, the the animations and the moves and the voices and like the, you know the dialogue and everything. Just the way that you know each character fights and you know because he, he tries to get. Like each character's, you know, like how they play in their own games. Like he wants to bring that to Smash Brothers, and mm. he does a very good job at it. He's, you know, and I, f I personally feel like after this game, this might be his last game, like Smash Brothers game that he works on, because like I feel like this is like okay, screw this, I'm giving <laughs> you guys everybody. I'm calling Smash Brothers Ultimate. Don't complain. I'm done. Like yeah, that's like, it. I'm done. That's it. Yeah. No, but he, he, he obviously he loves his work though. But um, you know, if he retires after this, I mean, it's well earned. No. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, like, all the characters are coming back. Um, I, I saw, like, a whole ton of, like, old stages, too, that they're bringing back. Mm. Um, you know, like, the the, Poke uh, the Pokemon one. Stadium? 
Well, not Pokemon Stadium stage. I'm sure that's coming back. The the Silph Co stage from N64. Oh, the, oh yeah, wow. remember that? Uh, like, with the Pokemon coming out of the building and that's everything. That's the rooftop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's coming back. Like a lot of like oh, classic. Rooftop party. Oh, rooftop party. Yeah, a lot of classic stages like that are coming back. And and there's there's a few newcomers. I'll, I'll save the the biggest newcomer for last. We got um, Daisy from mm. Mario, which I, I I mean, hey, why not? She's a big a, a, a clone character, which. Well, they, he well, she was finally, from she was from Super Mario Land. Yeah, she actually had like a mainline game. Yeah. Fine, I always just saw her as like you know like she's a side character that you have in like Mario Party and tennis. Well, and well she's Luigi's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, there. but um, you know, you put her in, but you didn't put in Waluigi. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you know. But um, no, but she, like, so Waluigi's like Waluigi's the third wheel. <laughs> yeah, he's always the third wheel. Well, I, I, fourth wheel. Cause, yeah, because it's Mario. No, because it's Mario, Mario, Luigi, Wario, and then Waluigi. Yeah, the so, Wario so, brothers. So yeah, the, the Wario brothers. Yeah, and Wario's in the game, so like, I why not Wario. have? Yeah, I always play Wario when I'm when it's Mario Party or when it's Mario Kart. Yeah, that's no, my he's character. A, he's a funny character. That's my character. Smash Brothers for sure. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just so wacky. <laughs> but um, the thing is, with him, he has his Wario Wear series, so that's what they model him I'm, after. That. Yeah. When, they went, when they went They're to Wario Wear, I was like, God, give me a mainline game. Don't, yeah. don't. No, well, they did. They uh, they came. Well, Wario Land Shake It came mm. out for the Wii, which was weird. I never played it. It was weird. It looked cool. It was like a car, like a moving cartoon type of game. Wario Land Two is still my favorite. That was yeah. something. They, they should come out with Wario. Yeah. I'm not against that. Yeah. But um, so they came out with Daisy, and they, they for the first time they acknowledged having clone characters. So mm-hmm. a clone characters, for those who don't know, like you know, it's a character that you have like one character, and then like and they make another one that sh- that fights almost just like that character. It, it's so, like, it's um, basically it's just a reshading. Right. Yeah. It's like like almost, it's, it's like a it's like a glorified reskin where like you know they they look and act a lot like the character, but they have different like stats, mm. and, you know, in terms of like weight and attack power, like well, like you know how they you know themselves how far they fly when they get hit all that and like you know like how their attacks come out but um so like they call them i think echo characters now mm. and uh, so daisy is an echo character of peach so she still like has like, most of her <laughs> attacks with like you know little, little tweaks here and there mm. so they they got her the uh actual new character um the inkling from splatoon which i am totally maining i love splatoon anybody i was about who, to ask you if you i am a splatoon. huge splatoon fan anybody who has a switch and doesn't have splatoon please buy splatoon too it's so good get out of um i'm yeah no but so like splatoon is like it's nintendo's answer for the most part um to like a competitive shooter it's not first person obviously but it's like a third person shooter and you're not the genius of it is like it's not you're not shooting each other you can to like you know like uh slow down the team but um, you're really aiming for everything else around you. So like you know, it's a paintball game, like or ink they call it. So like you have each team has their own color, and you shoot your colored ink all over the turf. So it's, and that's the name of the game is turf. This War. is a PG show, man. No, PG it's, show. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, honestly, the whole game looks like one, you know, like you know, like Nickelodeon. It looks like Nickelodeon made the game, almost, like with the slime and all that stuff, like the, like the yeah. But like you know, but it's like crazy colors, like you know, pink colored ink and green and orange and all that stuff. And like PG show, by, PG by the end of the you know it's a timed match, and at the end of the match, whoever like whichever team got more of that color on the turf than the other one, that, that they're the winner. And it's, why wasn't that a Nintendo, uh, not a Nintendo, a Nickelodeon game show when we were a kid? Right? Yeah, they like, could have totally done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, they, they could make a Splatoon show if they wanted to. Like, make oh, it like they, that. I, yeah. think, I think they're missing out on that. <laughs> yeah, they could, well, I can totally see that being a cartoon. Well, Double Dare is coming back, so that, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and it's you know like and but it's um it's fun. It's you know it looks colorful and friendly, and it is. But like it's it's very like uh you know it, it's a very in depth game. Like there's a whole slew of like weapons and you know mm. different you know what depending on even what you wear like gives you different abilities and things like that. So you really get into it like with like how you can build your character and everything. Mm. And they have like you know their single player stories and everything like that. And they they announced the um, DLC for that game too. That was another part mm. of E3. That the, the release of it rather. And um, so it's a it's a huge game in Japan. Like it's like almost like a cultural phenomenon there. Very popular here. I could see that. People, yeah, like people were hoping that the, you know like the Inkling, that's what the names of the little characters are called, um, would make it to Smash. And sure enough, they did. I'm so excited. And um, yeah, like the, you know they, they were showing off the move sets for that. So they you know they're sticking pretty true to how they play in like the Splatoon games. So that's that. And then. The final reveal after you know because there was a whole presentation of like how each character is like coming back or how they're different. Save the best for last. They uh, showed this trailer. It was uh, Samus and Mario and Mega Man behind her, like, just going through this dark sci-fi corridor, and it's quiet. And then as they're walking, like boom, Mega Man gets hit. He's you know he gets killed by something shadowy, like a tail going through his <laughs> his chest, which was really morbid. You know it was like a silhouette image of that. 
And then the same thing happens to Mario that you see him like his his hat like he loses oh his hat God. and like, he gets like taken out by the throat and like it's a oh silhouette. It's like very yeah, it's kind of a it legit like get killed in that that scene. But um, you know, and then you see you see Samus like she hears it behind her. She closes her eyes. She, she has to oh. look on her face like only, there's only there's only one person or dragon rather that I know that you know that is probably here right now. She turns around. You see Mario's hat just lying on the ground, and then it's like a Jurassic Park moment like. Poof, like just stopping, you see the Mario's hat shake, and then, bam! Through the you know the the floor comes Ridley, and Ridley. And he's a playable character. He is a playable character. How that was that like honestly work? like you know like Xbox had that you know every, all the other companies had like game announcements. I feel like Nintendo just made the Megaton character announcement. That's all they needed to say was that Ridley was in the game. So Ridley is like anybody who doesn't play Metroid. Um, that's the game that he's from. It's basically like the Bowser of uh, the Metroid series for the most part. It's had a lot of villains, but um, Ridley is definitely the you know the most significant one. Always. Um, involved in most of uh, you know the games, and from a, a villain standpoint, people have always always wanted him in the game. You know, like Bowser, you know, came to the game. You got Ganondorf playing in uh, in the Smash My Bros. <laughs> so like it, it, you know, even King DDD from Kirby, oh. like the, the penguin guy with the hammer. Yeah, the, the Ganondorf is getting uh, um, uh, a skin from uh, uh, from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, so he's they, getting that, and he's getting his pig form. Yeah, so he yeah, yeah so for yeah. Well, his first game in uh, Smash Bros. game in Melee, he had his Ocarina of Time Yeah, look. well, that was the most and recent. And then Twilight Princess came out, so then, after, you know, Brawl and the Wii U game, he had, like, his Twilight Princess look, which it looked cool, yeah, but it's, it, it's, Twilight Princess is old yeah, right now. Corn like, rolls, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. It was just so random. You, yeah. you, you fight him in Twilight Princess, like, see, does he have corn rolls? Yeah, it was like, really oh, weird. It was very really weird. weird. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Twilight Princess is, like, old yeah, news well. by now, and, like, Ocarina of Time will always remain classic, mm. so that they, they did, a, it was a good decision to bring him back to that, that design. But uh, yeah, no, like I said, like so, like Ridley, you know, he, and he looks absolutely brutal. Like he has like all, like these attacks that he grabs people by the throat, drags them on the ground. Like he, I think he has like a one hit KO attack. I saw at one point that he stabs him with his tail and oh, that they must, faint. Must, like, and it, it, it must be like where you time it, like almost like Jigglypuff's like rest attack, where you time it the right way mm. and you just instant KO. Because like, there was like the scene where he stabs like Link with his tail. Link just drops to the ground. He doesn't even fly away. He just drops to the ground and he disappears. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that, that's crazy. So is, is Ridley going to be like the final boss in like the campaign mode or something? No, well, that's or, what they or, made him. Or is it still the hand? So they, they always try to fashion Ridley into the games without, into the Smash Brothers games without actually making him a character. Like he mm -hmm. was a boss in Brawl. He was like a stage boss in the Wii U game. Like on, on the Metroid stage, like he would come and wreak havoc and stuff. <laughs> And they, they made it where, in the Wii U game, they made it where, even though he's like a stage hazard, they made him like a character that they gave him his own little icon and you can kill him and if you, if you did, you get points. Mm. But he was never playable until now. And like, it's funny too, because everybody was, you know, like the, 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 the stigma was always that like Ridley was too big because he's a very big character. But the thing is, he always like kind of fluctuated in size between games. Yeah, yeah. And um, if you play the first Metroid where he first, like yeah, on the he's, NES, he's, tiny. he's, you know, he's, he's big, but like not too much bigger than like Samus so like you know they, they, I think they brought him to like that sort of scale um, in the Smash Bros so that that was a huge reveal so like you know that that's finally coming to uh, fruition years and years of like uh, me years and years of memes are dead people making memes about him never coming into Smash Bros you can stop stop with that now <laughs> and now you can actually focus your all those memes onto Waluigi because like, I think he's, he's next <laughs> gotta get him next but... alright so for our last clip of the episode we are going to be talking about Black Sun, which is another one of our high-achieving episodes. This was our first test run with the video casting. This was episode, I want to say, three or four. Uh, you can find that, of course, in the archives on the Caputo Collective YouTube channel. And here we talk about some funny stories about Michael Lee Cook, uh, the uh, location that we were at. Uh, we had Ian Ustick with us, who was on the first episode of the podcast, and he's been a recurring guest ever since. And, yeah, we're going to talk about Black Sun, some of the funny stories. You're going to hear an embarrassing moment by me. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back uh, with closing. I, 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 I have a story, um, which I'll probably bring it up again when we, when we sit down and we watch it. But... Um, it was funny. So Michael, in character the whole time. Uh, he there's a scene when he was when they were going around the building, mm -hmm. right? And he goes, uh, and I tell him I says, well, we're just gonna we're gonna in the uh, movie magic, we're going to cut when you jump up the fire escape because this old it was like it was the governor's house here on a 
stand out, and it was a really old built like you you would know this like how how what, it was like colonial least, so what no i don't think it was that i don't think like 100 years old 100 something years yeah. old yeah um and they have a modern day fire escape on the side and i was looking at this thing i'm like mm, I, don't, I don't i don't know i don't know if you can put a lot of weight on it and it might fall down right yeah up. i know so so he he so i tell michael i says we're gonna do we just jump and we'll cut away and then we'll cut to uh you entering the building through the window. Oh, okay, Chris, no problem. I will, I will do that. So I go and I talk to uh, my AD, and I'm talking to uh, whoever. Uh, I think Michael. I think I was talking to the two SWAT team guys. Right. My cousin and uh, and my friend Giuseppe. And he was. Uh, he turns to the camera guy and he goes, "Okay. I I just want you to follow me up the fire escape." Don't 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 listen to Chris. Don't just just <laughs> follow me up the fire escape. I know what I'm doing. So I call action, and they come around the building. <laughs> I and didn't see he a climbs, thing of this, by And the way. he climbs up the fire escape, and you see my face behind the camera, like what the, like cursing, like why are you doing? Oh my god! In my head, and he comes, and he almost slipped. Yeah. He almost slipped. He was on the top. I didn't part. know that. He was on the top part. Before you have to go into the window, and he slipped, and I was like, "Oh!" And this is like two or three stories up, yeah, and I'm like, I'm, "I know I have to take like two or three trips for like production yeah. stuff." So yeah. I'm surprised I missed that. Yeah. So and we shot that a, a couple of times, and every time I think he almost slipped, and I was I was just you made him do it more than once. Yeah. Well, coverage. I, I was a wreck. I was a when wreck he, when he did when that. someone's like impulsive on an idea like that, they're gonna be persistent enough to keep it going. So what would have happened if that ladder would have just at the lawsuit. Oh, man. Yeah. Really but, um, no movie. But, uh, it, it's really a testament to, like, how good Michael is as an actor to, like, really just sit there and know. Because you you got to listen to the director, but it's like, if you have that feeling of, like, I know the director's telling me to do this, but. This is better. I, I feel like this is a little better. Right. Then you're allowed to do that. That's that's really good. But for me, I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't don't climb up the fire escape. And he's like, oh no, Christian, it's fine. I do this all the it's time. Like I pet you on the head. And I'm it's like, it's okay, little Christian. Like, right. And we came up with a couple of shots on set, like for well, that specific scene. Yeah, yeah, like them looking up, him jumping through. I, that's the best part of the movie. That was actually a really cool place to film. Yeah, that yeah. was just it was it just had a vibe about yeah. it. That place and the basement. Oh, was the other yeah. Story. Tell yeah. the story about so about the basement. We go into the basement and. I missed this part, by the way. Oh, they yeah, told yeah, me yeah, after. Yeah, we went into the basement, and it was almost like it was like a cavern of some kind. Like it, it was, there, there was catacombs. Catacombs. There, there were catacombs leading everywhere. And on one side, someone had spray painted in red S A T A. I'm guessing yeah, and we know Satan. we knew what that was. And it was like, oh, this is oh. adding more <laughs> realism oh, to the movie. Uh, oh, another funny story that I just remembered was that we, we got there, and I'm not big into, like, ghost stories and stuff. Right. Like, I just think, but you know, like, it's Snug Harbor, so it was a lot of sailor stops there, and you know who, you don't know who died there, whatever. But you know when it's twilight, and it's, the sun's rising, and you have, like, that little bit of mist going? Mm -hmm. Well, we, we got there at sunrise. Right. And uh, the crew came or whatever. And uh, we opened up the door, and I didn't realize that Giuseppe... Uh, you know who who was one of who was one of the extras. Yeah. Um, he walked into the building, walked upstairs, and hid. He hid. So I open up the door, and I'm walking in, and I'm talking to, um, and I'm talking to, uh, I think um, Andrew, who who was the uh, DP or the assistant DP, and I was like, and all of a sudden walk in. Giuseppe screams at the top of his lungs like a female scream. Mm. I run out of there. It's it's hot, it's hot. <laughs> He's coming out laughing, laughing, and I was like, "You mother!" I did. Someone tell you it was haunted? Who was that? The guy that? You yeah, no. Oh, it's funny. So the people. So when we were doing, when I was negotiating the location, they took us around, and we went to one of the other buildings. Right. And I looked, and I walked in, 
and they wouldn't come in. I go, I go, what's, well, how come you're not coming in? And they're like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, <laughs> and I smiled. It's great, like, no big deal. And I'm it's like, no and I'm like, it's haunted, isn't it? And they're like, oh, we're not obliged to say. And of I'm course. like, and you give it away right there. Oh, yeah. And I looked at them, I'm like, okay, I'm so. I'm making the joke to everybody else. Do a sleepover, guys. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> did you ever have that feeling of your skin crawling a little bit when you walk into something? I felt something? that in the basement. Yeah, yeah, no. So. It was like very. Very scary. And then another story that I had, which was uh, it's probably going to get me in trouble from somebody, but uh, we were sh- we were shooting in the bay. You were there. You were there for that. You were cracking so many jokes. We were in the basement at the scene when Lauren was tied up, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Jerry knows. Jerry knows. So wasn't Michael making half the jokes? Oh yeah, Michael was making half the jokes. So we had her all tied up, and he was making all like, oh, oh, should I, I think do it Put them down. Oh, oh. The, so. So I so to get her so to get her in the moment, I was like, oh look a mouse, and she's like, oh, oh, oh look. And she's tied up the whole time. Oh, she's skin. tied up the whole time. Her legs are tied up, her arms tied. She couldn't move. Wait, did you really just go, oh look a mouse? Like she was just expe- yeah, yeah. She was expecting a mouse <laughs> that to like is run so across funny. you. Because you know, I'm, I'm trying to get her in like that like freaked out mode, and it yeah, worked. It worked. And it worked. So. Oh um, my god, your hair looks bad. What? I, no, no. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, oh, you know, the other room says, like, Satan on it. And, uh, and <laughs> that freaked everybody out. And I think, and, and I think, like, I, I, I'm trying to remember if I whispered to, like, Joe Calandria. I was like, hey, can you just say, like, you thought you, thought you saw something running across? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Ten minutes later, oh, I think I just saw something. And now she's freaking out now. <laughs> And and the best part about it is I'm in like the occult garb. Oh, yeah. I, I and 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 I got like full blown beard. There's like, Twenty people. In the oh yeah, yeah. Room. I'm like and I'm and I'm like getting in the moment as like as like a Nate, as like Nate is like uh, our other DP was like directing the scene because I was in it and I'm right. like and I'm doing the whole like hand cutting thing and I'm like mumbling to myself getting in the moment and she's freaking out. And she was like, oh my god, <laughs> to like, this went on for like two hours, and by the end of it, she was so exhausted from people. <laughs> I remember that too, she really was like, oh, she was freaked she was out. Trooper. Oh, she was, she was such a trooper. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, and the makeup she had to go through, it was. Wasn't that her first movie that yeah. she did? Because mm-hmm. I believe she had done modeling before that. Right. And but she did a really good job. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. She, yeah, she was very good on the spot, like, there was that scene with, uh, with Michael E. Cook, uh, where you were about to like capture or something mm-hmm. like that, the the inner like dialogue was very well written. When, when Michael she, she acted well on it. When Michael goes to shoot me, I disappear, and it's it's not a continuity error, but it's like he goes to shoot me, and Michael's like, Christian, you have to fall on the floor, mm. and I'm like looking around, and, and it's, it's an unfinished basement. Oh, I, I I just remembered something else now again when I uh, gotcha. when I figure out. So I'm like Michael, there's like it's dirty. Like I don't know what's down. I don't know stuff's going Meanwhile, on. You're okay with Lauren? Like, yeah, yeah. No, well she was she was on like she a tarp. Like she was on yeah. a tarp. Yeah. So so Michael walks in as we're setting up. He goes and he he's just admiring the the uh, the architecture and the uh, whatever it was. And he takes a stick and he and he's poking the ceiling and this dust <laughs> coming down and he, and he goes. Oh, that's asbestos, and I'm like, and we're all, <laughs> oh my god! I remember that. He did and, that. I'm like, and I'm like, look at him, look, Michael, the wire touching it. I don't know. <laughs> it and just he puts looks it down, good. and he puts it down, and he goes, "I'm going to stop now." I just just walks so away. And I was just like, oh, room, like, oh, oh my god! Way to add to a set, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, so that was that was that was that was just, that was just one location, Stark Harbor, which yeah. was like, oh, and I do have a word of advice for. A, for filmmakers that have security, that that have people like security watching, uh, when we walked in, and the security walked up to me, hi, I'm security guard, but I'm gonna gonna uh, watch you. You have the lo- you have the location until two o'clock. We went way over. Mm-hmm. It's always wow, two good. Hours. Yeah, it's Even always food. good. It's always good to give the security guard. Hey, you want a cup of coffee? You want some? And he was good, and he said to me, he was like, hey, look, you know, I know you had it till two, but you were nice to me, and you gave me some coffee, so I let you stay. So I I tell any filmmaker, not kiss up, (laughs) but... Coffee up. Coffee up with with the people there. There you go. All right, everybody, that has been the Collective Podcast, episode 20, the best of Collective Podcast 2018. So from everybody here at the Collective Podcast, Caputo Collective, Collective Gaming, all of our great um, collective brand, I guess. We want to wish you and everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we will be back in 2018, or 2018, we'll be back in 2019 
um, with more episodes, uh, more guests, more shenanigans between me and Jerry, and updates on everything from our the collective uh, podcast, collective gaming. I don't know if you hear that they're moving stuff around for Christmas. We're we're setting stuff up for Christmas. I don't know if you hear that moving, but if you don't, just ignore it. Um, so uh, if you once again find us on Facebook at Collective Podcast, uh, also Caputo Collective Productions on Facebook, Twitter you can find us at Caputo Collective, Instagram once again Caputo Collective as well. Uh, uh, YouTube, it's Caputo Productions, or just type in Caputo Collective. You'll you'll see the uh, logo on top. Subscribe to us. Uh, hit that hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell. There's banging going on. It's bothering me. Uh, and um, yeah, so that's basically it, guys. And also, uh, Pocket Cast, Anchor. Listen to us on there. Listen to us on all of the great devices that uh, we have the um, episodes on. Uh, so yeah, so there you go. Um, this is Christian. Before I start rambling, like I do at the end of every podcast, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope everybody gets everything that they want for Christmas and more. And let's see uh, 2019 be the best uh, year to date. All right, guys, see ya. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.